0: Sienna Marabella and you're listening to the Honey Soleil podcast, bringing you all things wellness for your mind, body, and soul. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Long time no see. I have been very back and forth between depressive slumps, getting super motivated, getting depressed again, feeling overwhelmed. Oh my God, I'm super motivated. Yeah, this quarantine's not doing well for me. I intend to be transparent with you guys. I've been going through some depressive slumps and that's perfect because this episode is my raw talk where you guys asked me questions on Instagram and I'm answering them here all raw, my opinions right on the spot. And a lot of the questions pertained to, I got a lot of questions about motivation and like how to deal with this time and how to continue working and doing your schoolwork during this time because I think it's hard for a lot of people to get motivated right now because we're in such an uncertain time. It's very, it's like ominous. It's got an ominous vibe to it and it's just, it's a really difficult time for a lot of people. I'm doing a rod talk. I'm chatting with you guys. We're just going to talk. We're just going to be chill. We're going to have a good time. I'm I'm here to kind of distract you guys, give you guys some advice, just make your guys's quarantine as much better, as much better. I don't even know how to speak. I'm, I'm losing my mind here, but today. Let's just get into the questions, but I thought it actually, you know what, before we get into the questions, let me update you on myself because it has been a while. So I am currently quarantining in my house and I am doing my best to not see people obviously, well doing my best. I'm not seeing anyone obviously, because it's just really, if you're still going out right now and you're hanging out with friends at like houses and having house parties, you're being so selfish because you're making this last longer than it really needs to be. And I think that this needs to end. It really does. And obviously, I can't end it. You can't end it. We need everyone to join together and work on flattening the curve and getting rid of this. Because if we keep going out and acting like life is normal, it's never going to stop uh, spreading. And by it spreading this much, it's just... It's, it's overwhelming our healthcare system and it's just a crazy situation. So if you're still going out and hanging out with friends that you don't live with, you suck and you need to stop doing that. Pretty much life has just been a, a series of me being overwhelmed, kind of frustrated. It also kind of stir crazy. I really am a homebody, but not being able to work out in an actual studio or going to yoga classes or just going out a little bit and getting some fresh air and being with people is really messing with me because exercise is my form of self-care it's how i get out of ruts it's how i feel better it's how i stay motivated and to not be able to do that is really messing with me and i know everyone's saying work it work out at home and i try that but it is so much different for me and first i just i know myself and i am not good at working out at home it just doesn't give me the same uh, results, and so that's why I'm kind of going a little crazy because I'm trying to do yoga at home, but not being able to go to my bar classes and workout classes is really just—it's I'm struggling with it. But I'm trying to work out at home because uh, working out is a very big part of getting out of depressive slumps. But I have been super depressed lately. I think like just not wanting to get out of bed, and I just I I know it's about this situation. But I'm here to tell you guys how I get out of, you know, depressive slumps and I'm trying to help you guys with it. I just did a video on this, but I did get questions from you guys for this episode about that. So without further ado, let's just get into the questions. Okay, so the first question is how to get yourself motivated working at home during this time. This is a question I got so many times. So this is the first one that I'm going to answer. I think that if you don't already work at home, this can be extremely difficult for some people because they don't already have a routine in place. They're not accustomed to this. So, if you are not used to working from home, the thing you're going to need to do is set structure. Don't wake up at whatever time you feel like it. Wake up at a set time as if you're going to work, like you're going to be at work at 9 a.m. Getting up at an exact time every day and then going about your morning routine and then getting started with your work is going to help you a lot because if you don't have structure and you're kind of just sleeping in, you wake up at 9 and you're like, okay, now I'll just jump out of bed and do my work, it's not, you're not going to be motivated. You're going to, be like dreading it. And it's why make yourself struggle instead of just easing into it. That's why I really, really highly suggest routines because for me, if I have to just get out of bed, and go straight to work, I want to die pretty much. So if I don't give myself a routine where, let's say I get out of bed, I'll just go through my morning routine really quickly with you guys. So I will wake up, I will tell Alexa that I'm up, and she will then tell me what the weather is going to be like, what's on my Google calendar, and she will play The Daily, which is the New York Times podcast that's 20 minutes, and it gives me the news. That's become a part of my routine. But while while she's doing that and saying that stuff to me, I am getting up, I'm making my bed, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm taking my vitamins. And then once that's done, I am going to put on my earphones to listen to the daily to finish it. And I'm going to go take my dog for a walk because that to me is a form of exercise, at least getting my body moving in the beginning of the day. And it kind of is like... it's, it's gradually getting me ready to just go ahead and work. So that's why I take my dog for a walk. I'm getting outside. I'm moving. I come back and that's when I'll take a shower. I'll get ready and I'll start to work. Now you might not have to get ready. If you're working completely from home, you don't have zoom meetings or you don't have to film videos. You don't have to get ready, but I highly recommend trying to get a little bit ready. Like Just doing your hair a little bit, like maybe brushing your hair, doing your skincare routine, even if you're not wearing makeup or anything, still get ready to a sense because it's gonna make you feel a lot better. For me, I know that if I'm just staying in my sweats, I'm not showering, and I go straight to editing, I feel lazy. It feels like a lazy day. And I don't want that because I'm supposed to be working. So if I get ready, even the most minimal amount, it's going to alter my mindset and help me. Be more productive. So, I think having a routine, getting ready for the day, and then creating that structure is going to be good. And as far as motivation goes, your motivation is that you just have to do it. Like, motivation doesn't, you can't do things according to motivation because I've learned that motivation rarely comes around unless it's, unless I'm listening to a shit ton of podcasts, I'm reading books. Motivation doesn't just come around and I can't work based on, oh, I'm motivated today. I'll work today. I'm not motivated tomorrow. I'm not going to work tomorrow. I can't do that. I've learned that the hard way that you can't work when you have motivation. You just have to force it. And so that's why if you create a morning routine and then right after the morning routine, you just hop into work regardless of motivation, you will just get into it. And I've had to teach myself that the hard way because I'm the type of person who's like, oh, I don't want to work because I'm not motivated. I'm not feeling it today. And that, I'm going to be honest with you, that's how I've been the last two weeks. And I've struggled with that my whole working life is that I will do things according to when I feel motivated. And I'm not as motivated as I should be every day. So I need to just I'm taking my own advice here and I'm just forcing myself. I'm doing my routine and then I'm forcing myself. And once you start doing what you have to do, then that fog kind of lifts away and you are more inclined to just roll through your work. I've learned that because for me, I'll sit in bed and I'll make up all these excuses of why I can't do anything today. And if I just get out of bed, follow my morning routine, walk my dog and then get started, I'm more likely to just keep going because I've already started. And that's just kind of how I work through these times and how I get myself to work during these home times. It's just what works for me and it's just being disciplined. And if you guys want to do more research on just discipline, how to be more disciplined, I highly suggest it because that's something that I definitely need to work on. And I'm just telling you my ways of this. But that is how I get myself motivated working at home. I just create structure, I create routines, and I basically just have the discipline to force myself. Question number two is how to stay mentally healthy during the quarantine. I think this is so important, and myself included has not been doing the best with this. But I think that you need to dedicate time for self care. I know I talk about this a lot, but. It's so vital, especially during this time, to dedicate at least an hour a day maybe um, to just doing things for your mental health. So journaling, meditating, doing a skincare routine, taking a bubble bath, cooking dinner for yourself, listening to music or or listening to a podcast, but just taking time to do activities for yourself, not pertaining to work, not pertaining to the news, not pertaining to anything other than just what makes you feel good. And that could be playing video games. And for me, when I play video games, it just makes me feel so happy. And that's just how I stay mentally healthy is I make sure that at least an hour a day, I'm just taking time to do things that bring me joy. Because if I constantly feel like it's just the days are the same, I'm just working every day, I'm just waiting for this quarantine to be over, you feel really overwhelmed and stuck. And that's why taking an hour a day just to bring some joy into your life and doing things that are going to make you, you know, happier they're going to help you stay mentally healthy. And I definitely think something super important to do is to keep talking to your friends. Um, I went through a period of not having friends. So I understand if you have no one to talk to journal, that's the, that's a good thing. Or DM me on Instagram. I'm always here for you guys. Um, You can use me as a place to just vent always. Okay with me. But if you have, you know, friends, um, a relationship with your parents or something, Make sure you're still talking to these people, whether it be phone calls, FaceTimes, even text messages. But I really think it's good to just communicate with the people you love because it can be kind of lonely you know, during this time. So if you're making sure to check in on people that you love and talk to them, you're going to feel a lot better because you'll feel like, hey, I connected with this person that I usually connect with all the time. I don't get to see them right now, but at least I'm talking to them still. And also journaling because there's a lot of emotions going on in our heads right now. And I have learned firsthand that if I'm upset, if I'm angry, if I'm anxious, any emotion that I'm feeling, if I take the time to either type or write it all out like a journal entry, I feel better as I'm doing it. It feels like a sense of relief and it kind of feels like you're taking all of that energy that was toxic inside you and you're releasing it. And that way, when you're done journaling or you're done typing out your journal entry, You feel so much better and I know this firsthand because when I would be really upset with things in my relationship, what I would do is just journal and then afterwards I've calmed down, I'm less angry, I'm less anxious and I feel so much better. So I think journaling or even typing, whatever works for you, whatever way you journal journal because it's going to get out those emotions and you're just going to feel relaxed and refreshed. And that's what I always do because when I have so many thoughts in my head or I'm feeling so anxious or angry, I need some way to release it. And maybe right now you're not able to go work out at a gym. So maybe release it via via, I don't even know, but via your words. And I find this just really helpful to just release it into the world and then you can let it go and move on to something else. So also meditation. I was listening to a podcast on goop from a scientist and it was talking about how important meditation is. And I know how important meditation is scientifically, but I never did it every single day. And that's something that I'm definitely trying to incorporate because it is so good for our minds. And when we have too much stress or accumulated stress or our cortisol levels are raising, it's bad for our immune system. And that's really important right now. When you have so much prolonged stress, it's going to fuck up your body. So that's why meditation really helps you learn how to control that and take it down a notch. So meditation, journaling, And talking to your friends, those are some things that I do to stay mentally healthy during this quarantine. The next question that I have here is how can I be a better communicator within my relationship? I so love this question because this is something that I have struggled with in my relationship because this is my first relationship. I obviously have zero clue what I'm supposed to do, but I've always been okay at communication. And I've gotten really good at communicating in relationships. And my main tip for you is to speak logically, not emotionally. Because when we are emotional, we are angry, we are upset about something, we're going to say shit we don't mean, we're going to not come off rational, we're not going to know really what we're trying to say, we're not going to convey our message properly. So the main thing is, if you're feeling so angry and you just want to yell instead of communicate in a, in a rational way, take five minutes, just go relax. Like just chill your mind for five minutes, come back and then speak your piece in a rational and calm way. Because when you're, I mean, guys kind of, there, there's kind of shit at communication. I'm not going to lie to you, but I mean, I'm not trying to come at men, but they are not the best at communication. Most of them that I know. So if you don't come at them logically, rationally, and in a calm manner, they're going to be super defensive. They're going to be an asshole saying, Oh, you're just crazy. You're you're over dramatic. So the best way to do like the best way to come across and get your point across is if you just say it in a calm and rational manner. Because then you're making sure you're saying what you need to, but you're not being Irrational and emotional, and saying the wrong things, not getting your point across, and just being so frustrated mentally. And it's also just bad for your health when you're feeling that emotional and stressed out. So, I think that the number one tip for me for better communication is to just don't hold things in and say them when you're feeling calm and rational. And don't hold things. I have a problem where if somebody does something that pisses me off, I'll let it go, let it go, let it go, and then I'll snap. I definitely do not recommend this. I recommend that when something pisses you off, tell the other person, but in a calm way. Don't be so accusatory. Don't be mean, but just let them know that what they did crossed a line or it bothered you because sometimes people have zero clue that they've done something that you don't like or that doesn't sit well with you. So you have to be vocal about it, but in a rational way and chill away. I say chill a lot. Like take a shot every time I say chill, rational, calm, manner, like just take a shot every time I just say one of those words. But I'm just saying like definitely be vocal about what bothers you. Don't take things. Don't let people walk all over you in the relationship. You have to say what pisses you off, but don't say it in such an angry, accusatory way because it it will come across wrong in what you're actually trying to say. That's why I've learned to kind of be more Uh, level-headed when I speak. And that way I'm really getting my point across as to what's bothering me and what I need or what I need from my partner. So that's kind of my tips on how to communicate better within relationships. But I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I'm reading it right now and it's called Why Men Love Bitches. Oh my God, this book, I've highlighted over a hundred things and I'm not even done with the book, but I highly recommend this if you're a female and you are a nice girl and you want to be able to hold your own in a relationship. The title is a bit abrasive, but it is so amazing because she interviewed a lot of men and she put all of this information into one place. It is so smart because I have found myself being someone who's overly nice and lets myself get walked all over by people um and my communication was lacking so this book is super helpful if you are in a relationship you want to know about how to hold your own in a relationship and you're a woman just get this book i highly recommend it it's called why men love bitches the next question is tips on money management i love money management i love talking about it i never talk about it actually because i have no idea why but I am very big on saving, and my number one tip for money management is save. Now, you might be thinking, I don't have enough to save. I'm already on a tight budget. It's all about creating the habit of saving. It doesn't matter how much you're putting in a savings account. As long as you're putting money in a savings account, it's going to help you long run, and it's going to get you into the habit and mindset of constantly putting money away after every check. A lot of people live paycheck to paycheck or they spend all of their paycheck once they've paid their rent and then they have to wait till their next paycheck. I think you want to get in the habit of putting money in a savings account for a time like this during a quarantine when you might need six months of rent in a savings account. Now... That's a lot to have in a savings account, but it's always good to have backup money so it's a cushion for yourself. And that's why I think saving is so, so important. And for instance, let's say you're not making a lot of money. You have to pay your rent, your gas, food, uh, other bills, and you have like no money left over. All I'm saying is to take five to $10 of your peer paycheck and just put it in the savings. Now, it might not be a lot. It's definitely not, but it's it's a start and it gets you in the habit of continuing to save your money. So let's say you get another check. It's a little bigger and it's big enough for you to put $50 away. Just get into the habit of whatever you can save. Even if it's $5, put it in your savings account. I cannot stress this enough because life can be really, really stressful when you live paycheck to paycheck. It's so stressful. I know a lot of my friends and people in my life, they live paycheck to paycheck and it's really difficult. And I understand that that is your situation and you can't live differently than that, but you can start putting a few dollars away every paycheck so that eventually you will have a savings account to have a cushion because a lot of things happen randomly throughout the month. I just had to go get my car fixed and I, it was a lot of money. And had I not had a savings account to kind of cushion that blow, I would not be able to fix my car during this time. And like, it would have just been too difficult. And that's why you never know when things like your car is going to break down or you're going to have to pay an extra amount of money for something to do with your apartment or your house or something comes up. There's always something that seems to come up every month and that's why it's good to have a little a little pot of gold over there that you can just dip your hands in and, and take care of it without having to drastically cut down what you have to pay for your rent because it's much better to take it from the savings than take it from what you need to pay your rent because rent is very important. You need a roof over your head. So my biggest tip for money management is save in any way that you can. But also you have to budget because budgeting is kind of how you get into saving because if you budget off how much your rent is, how much you pay in gas per month, how much you pay in groceries, it's going to help you a lot so that you know exactly how much you can save and how much you're spending. So you don't spend too much. Because for me, I know personally when I would buy groceries, it would be like a hundred dollars here, seventy dollars here, a hundred there. And I would not know how much I was spending every month in groceries and It can add up. So I heard somewhere actually that if you take um, envelopes and you get cash for how much you want to spend per month in gas, groceries, things like that, it's a lot harder. Well, it's impossible to go over the budget because you only have this set amount of cash that you're allowed to spend for your groceries and your gas. So. And cash is more powerful because once it runs out, there's nothing there. It's super easy to just charge your credit card. It's so easy. It's, it's a little piece of plastic. Like you don't even think about it. But if you have this envelope of cash and you're like, oh shit, I have $20 left and I have to make this work for food, it's going to kind of shift your mindset and shift how you handle your money. So that's just, that might be a tip. If you really want to overhaul your budgeting, do the envelope cash thing. I think that's super smart. But if you're not quite there yet, then just make an Excel or a Google, a Google Excel sheet and come up with a budget. And there are tons of articles online with how much you should be spent, like how much percentage wise you should be saving per paycheck um how much you should be spending on groceries like there's so many articles and like templates online to figure out how much you should be budgeting if you have zero clue where to even begin definitely google budgeting uh budgeting 101 budgeting templates it's going to help you a lot this is what i've done to make my own budget i looked up a template online and then i kind of went from there with my own google drive excel sheet so those are just my really basic tips on money management if you guys want me to do maybe a more in-depth episode all about money management or everything about finance, let me know. I'd love to do that. And uh, yeah, just let me know on the podcast, Instagram, honey, Soleil podcast. The next question is goals you have as a college student. I really wanted to answer this because selfishly I do like talking about my education. It's very fun for me. And I've, I've come, I've, I've come away with a revelation. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically I have learned that I've, okay, I'm going to break this down for you guys. So pretty much we We all struggle to find our passion in lives and what our why is, and I have been very lost with what I want to do with my life. I love what I do currently, and I know I want to keep stuff in social media. I want to do the podcast. I want to be a consultant for brands and stuff like that, but I've also kind of taken it back and looked at what do I want to do as a whole in my life? What's What's a really big goal that I want? And for me, I love learning. And to be honest, I don't ever want to graduate college because I want to continue being in um, education for my whole life. So I've come to the realization that like maybe I can go for a Ph.D. I kind of want to do a Ph.D. And then when I'm in my 30s, my 40s, and it's kind of my retirement, not really because you're 30, 40, but when I'm older, once I've already succeeded in my life and I've done all of the career moves that I want, I want to be a professor. I know a lot of you are thinking, Sandy, you change your mind every day. I totally know. That's how I evolve as a person. But for now, right now, something that I've realized is that I love learning. My, if you guys watch my videos, some of you guys may know that I said that my biggest goal in life is to learn everything and do everything. I know that's crazy, but learning to me is one of the most fulfilling things in my life. And I personally feel my happiest when I'm learning. And that's why I never really want to leave college, but I'm like, I can't keep getting the same bachelor. I can't get a bachelor's degree over and over again because I still have to take general ed. And I'm like, that's no. So I'm thinking that if I can, I'm going to try my best to get my PhD and eventually become a professor because then I can be in academia my whole life. And I think that that's something that I really want to do that's a goal that I have and I might not do it I mean things change all the time but as of right now that's something that I want to try to strive for that's what I want to achieve and If any of you guys have any books, any articles, any recommendations you have for getting your PhD and kind of coming up with the plan of getting your PhD, please be sure to leave them on my Instagram, my main one, the podcast one, DM me, anything you can relating to how to go about the plan of getting your PhD. That'd be super helpful because I obviously want to research and see where I want to go, what programs I want to do, how I want to go about this and like the timeline. So, but that's pretty much what the goals that I have as a college student is I want to do my bachelor's degree. I'm currently in my first year because I started late, but I want to get my bachelor's degree. I want to transfer to graduate school and then I want to uh, get into my PhD program. And then obviously get internships and TA positions for teaching and then become a professor once I've done my career. Like, I think that my whole life I want to spend it doing like YouTube and consulting and brand building and just all things digital media. But then once I finish schooling, because I'll be doing schooling during all of that. And then once I finish that, I can move on to the teaching aspect so that I'm never really losing that education and academic part of my life because I will be getting going through school during my whole career. But I'll also then once I'm finished with schooling, I can then move on to professing and stuff like that. And as for what I want my PhD in, I really it's, it's been, I'm very confused as to what I want to do, but I've been really leaning towards linguistics because language is something that comes easy to me and something that I like. So linguistics has been interesting to me, but I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure I will change my mind on this, but you know, I just want to tell you guys, cause I like talking to you guys about what my plan is, because I feel like a lot of you guys can either relate or you can give me advice and we can just talk about things. So that's just pretty much the goals that I have right now as a college student and obviously to get a 4.0 and to maintain it, um, I have a 4.0 right now, thankfully, but um, I'm trying to strive to keep that throughout my college education. And yeah, that's that's my goals as a college student right now. The next question is, what are your thoughts on toxic productivity culture? This is something that annoys me to no end is that people think that being busy or always having something to do that is productive, it makes you a better person. Life is to be lived. Life is to be enjoyed. And if you are working 24 7 and you're not giving yourself a chance to enjoy life or make memories what is the point I understand being productive I get it that's amazing it feels good it furthers your career and where you are in life but you don't need to be have this productivity switch on all the time if you're relaxing for a day you're having a chill day playing the sims watching gossip girl That's okay because that's what makes you happy. You can't can't work 24-7 and not expect yourself to burn out. I think it's pretty essential for you to have days where you just rest. And I feel like a lot of people think that they should be doing something 24-7. If they're relaxing, they feel like they should be working. I, I don't know. I'm really good at being Being chill. I'm really good at knowing that I can be productive tomorrow, but today I'm going to relax and rest for myself. Because if I work 24 7, I get very burnt out easily. And I think that it's so toxic to think that we need to be on all the time. We need to be working all the time. Like if you look at a nine to five job, they work nine to five, Monday through Friday, but they get Saturday and Sunday off. And yes, being an entrepreneur, you need to work daily, but you don't have to have this feeling of like, oh, I'm, I'm relaxing for 10 minutes right now. I should be doing something. I, I just think it's really toxic for, for your mental health. And it just makes you get burned out easily. And if you're burning out, you're not giving it your best work. You're not giving it your all. You're not going to really further your career. I think it's about working smart instead of working more hours. It's about working the hours that you do smarter so that you don't have to work 24 seven all the time. Your brain is constantly working. I think, I think it is toxic that we think that we should be, we should feel guilty when we're relaxing and we should be working all the time. I personally don't have a problem with it because I love to relax. I'm going to be honest with you. I love to relax and chill. So I can definitely give myself Saturdays and Sundays to relax. I can definitely do that. And I don't, I do understand the problem of feeling like you should be working all the time. I've kind of felt like that because of what social media is showing me and that everybody else is feeling that way. It kind of makes you feel like, oh, I should be working right now. I should be doing everything I can to further my business right now. But honestly, give yourself that time to just relax and chill because burning out is probably the worst thing you can do for yourself. And I would rather take a day to rest than to work for seven days burnt out. You know what I'm saying? You know, you get what I'm saying? I don't know. Um... Yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on toxic productivity culture, but I would love to know what you guys think of this. Let me know, Instagram, wherever. I'd love to know what you guys think about it. The next question is, how do you manage your healthy lifestyle with college now? I think that managing a healthy lifestyle is the same for any anything you have on your plate. I think it all starts with structure, routine, and boundaries. Because one thing that, I'm just going to kind of give you guys a little story right now, is I really, really make it a point to go to bed at 1030 every night so that I can wake up at 6am every morning. And I have definitely felt those times where I was with other people and they were pressuring me to stay out later on a weeknight. And the thing that you need to have is boundaries. If you know that you need to go to bed at 1030, make sure you're going home at an adequate time so that you can go to bed at 1030. I know a lot of people, myself included, just feel really pressured to keep up with people or to be a yes man and just say yes to a lot of things. And for me, I was doing that. When I was hanging out with some friends on weeknights, they would be like, oh, just stay out a little later. You could stay out a little later. And I would get home at like midnight, 1 a.m. And it would fuck me up the next day for work. But the main thing to have is boundaries. And that's why for me, keeping my healthy lifestyle is all about boundaries and just being, like taking my, my, um, my rules, my kind of not rules, you know, my rituals and my, what I do to stay healthy seriously and not let other people sway my decisions. So that's why for me, I will leave at nine 30 so that I can go to bed at 10 30. So it's about, you know, boundaries and that's, that's for that instance. But also when it comes to diet during this, um, time of college, I mean, I do have a lot on my plate. I have a lot of responsibilities. I have a lot of things that go on. And for me, how I maintain the healthy lifestyle is incorporating it into my habits and routines. So for me in the morning, I would never remember to take my vitamins, honestly, but it's a part of my routine every morning and I know that I lack iron and B12, so I make it a priority every single morning. I put my vitamins next to my toothbrush and I take them every morning. It's become a habit for me. And a really good book that I'm reading right now is Atomic Habits. It's amazing. It's all about just increasing who you are by the 1%. You get better 1% all the time by adding little habits that change who you are. They may, Habits make up who you are and what you do. So I'm explaining it like shit, but I definitely recommend going in and reading this book, Atomic Habits. It's so good. It's amazing. I highly recommend it to everyone. It's the best book on habits that I've ever read and that I've ever heard of or just even seen. So definitely recommend it. But For me with diet, it's a lot of discipline and I'm definitely not one to think like to restrict yourself from things because the more you restrict yourself from something you're craving, the more likely you are to resent yourself and then binge on it. Because for me, if I want chips, I'm going to eat them, but I'm not going to eat them all the time. Like here's what, here's what I'm kind of doing right now is that I can't really eat gluten. It does affect my headaches and just how I feel overall. But I'm not going to cut out gluten for like all the way. I know that sometimes I'm going to want gluten. I'm going to want it. So it's okay for me to have it once a month. And that's what I think about in diet. This is kind of like going off topic and on tangents. But when it comes to diet and how you eat, if you slip up and eat something that's on your don't eat list, which I also think that's dumb. But (laughs) if you're going to eat something that you know and you feel is bad for you, it's okay to do it once in a while. It's not going to unravel all of the good that you put in. So that's why I think in moderation and letting yourself have something once a month or maybe once a week, it's not going to unravel all the health, the healthy work that you've been putting in. If you're maintaining a healthy diet and you're doing really good on it, you don't have to scold yourself and hate yourself for slipping up once. It's okay. Don't even think of it as slipping up. Thinking of it as rewarding. Think of it as rewarding yourself. Like, Hey, I've been eating so clean and mostly plant-based, mostly whole foods from the earth, mostly clean eating. I think I can reward myself with this piece of banana bread that's not gluten-free and it's just banana bread with chocolate in it. I can reward myself with that. That's kind of how I think of things. And I think if you deprive yourself of things and you think that, oh, I've been eating so good, I had this one piece of chocolate, I ruined everything. That can help, that can make you like feel really defeated and not even want to continue. But if you look at it as, hey, I just had my piece of chocolate for the week. I'm fine. It didn't unravel all that work and then you continue to go back to eating healthy, you're fine. You're 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 following a mostly healthy diet and when you reward yourself once in a while, it's not going to unravel everything that you've done. It's not going to ruin the healthy diet that you had. It's just going to reward yourself essentially. And I kind of was all over the place with that question and like how I answered it, but Pretty much if you're in college and you have a lot of responsibilities, the best way to stay healthy is to just create it, create some structure, create some routines and also set boundaries and stick to them because nobody's going to respect your boundaries unless you do. So that's something that I've learned for I mean, this is a really all over the place question. Wow, I am so sorry about this, but I haven't podcasted in like two weeks because the last one was an interview. So um, yeah, my mind is all over the place. I'm sorry for this episode if it's really messy, but I hope you guys just kind of enjoy it. But the last question that I have here is tips on how to relax when you have too many things on your mind. I am the queen of this, not the queen of, well, yes. I, I always have too much on my mind all the time. But my main thing is to, when you're feeling that, pressure of like, I have so many things in my mind right now. My main thing is to do something that is taking you out of that moment that will be kind of like your body, just focusing on that one thing. And that is usually for me, meditation or exercise, because when you're exercising, you're focusing on not dying during this workout. You're focusing fully on the workout. So you are taking your mind off of whatever is on your mind. Does that even make sense? Oh, you're taking your mind off of all of the shit that's going on right now. You are focusing solely on the one thing that you're doing, whether it be, you know, exercise or meditation. Those are the two ones for me. Once I do that, it's like hitting the reset button. And it's like, okay, I've cleared my mind. I've gone for like an hour without, or ten, five minutes five minutes to an hour without thinking about what is on my mind right now. Now I can go forward from there and feel more relaxed. And what I like to do is, After that, then I feel more relaxed and I can go about maybe doing something that I enjoy without thinking about everything on my mind. Because once you kind of hit the reset button and you do something that takes you out of those thoughts, you can move forward with whatever you want, less cluttered. Your brain is less cluttered because you've kind of let those go for a little bit and then you can move on. So let's say you did some exercise and now you want to paint or now you want to cook. You want to do something like that. Your mind is already cleared a bit so you can now focus on what you want to do that's relaxing or that you enjoy without having all the crap that was in your mind because you did something to practice mindfulness and you kind of flushed out those thoughts and you can now focus on what you want to do. So I think that the main thing is when you're feeling this rush of overwhelming feelings or thoughts, and there's just so much on your mind, hit the pause button, be observant and realize what what's going on. Take yourself out of it. Do something that's going to make you be in the moment, in the present moment. That's the key thing. And then once you've stopped, realized and observed what just happened, you can go about relaxing because then you've, you've took yourself out of that situation and put yourself into something where you have to be fully mindful and you're paying attention to something 100% in the present moment, it's like hitting the reset button. I can't say that enough. That is just the main thing that I get from exercise and meditation is that it's like hitting a reset button and I can move forward with my day or move forward with my relaxation and not be burdened by all of the thoughts that I'm having and all of the craziness that's going on in my mind. So I think it's about being self-aware of what's happening and then taking yourself out of it. Because if you just say, oh my God, there's so many things in my mind, I'm going to stop thinking about them now. That's never going to work. That is never going to work. You have to do something that is going to take you out of that moment and put you into the present moment and be mindful. So that's kind of my tip on how to relax when you have so many things in your mind because I am the queen of that. I have so many things in my mind all the time. I'm constantly stressed. Um, It's just not good for me. But I do try to make it my habit to try to make it a habit to get myself out of that situation, be mindful, and then move forward with what I need to do to relax. So those are all of the questions that I'm going to answer today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it semi-helpful. I hope it even distracted you from what's going on right now. I also hope you guys are staying safe. Remember to wash your hands, wear a mask when you go out, practice social distancing, and just stay quarantined at your house. But yeah, I love you guys so much, and I will see you, or I will hear you, you will hear me in next week's episode. Bye guys.